about conversations, when we're thinking about what people in our church speak about, what people say, but what kind of culture do we have here in Hillsong, California? But what kind of culture? When we're paying attention to the conversations, when we're paying attention to what people speak of and what people say, what would you say the culture of Hillsong Church, California is? Is it a healthy culture? Is it a, is it a gossipy culture? Is it a negative or, or critical culture? Again, the, the, the words, the conversations that are taking place, the things that are being spoken of. My whole point tonight, and what I hope that you catch, if nothing else, it is for us to understand that every single one of us are culture carriers. Every single one of you have a part to play in the culture of Hillsong Church, California. It's not just dependent on me and Lucille. It's not just dependent on those that stand on this platform. Every single one of us are culture carriers. And when it comes to the culture of Hillsong Church, we all play a part. We all have a responsibility. And so I want to speak about your words. I want to speak about the power in your tongue, the power in your words to create or destroy, to build up or to tear down. I think we've got to pay attention to it. You know, everything in our world, everything around us was created by words. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Listen to verse 3. It says, By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Of course, this is a reference to the Genesis account of creation. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Everything about creation started with the Creator creating through His language, through His words, spoke things into being. If you read through the Old Testament, if you read through the books of Moses, you, you see that the law was spoken into being, it was spoken into place. Moses on, on a mountain, Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments spoken, and, and he wrote them down and, and documented them, but the law what was spoken into being. What about what John chapter 1 talks about? About the Word becoming flesh. John 1 verse 14 says, So the Word became human and made His home among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's a creation spoken into being. The Old Covenant and law spoken into being. The New Covenant spoken into being. Everything about God's words created something. As you read through the promises in the Bible, as you read through so many of the prophecies that were given, it was things that were spoken into being that create. Now keep in mind that we have been created in God's image. And I want us to, all of us, to understand as well that we have the ability to create certain things with our words. That we can speak things into being. That we can command things in the heavenly realm that, that activate certain things. That we can speak things over certain people that can build them up or tear them down. We can speak things into the culture of our church that's going to either create the kind of healthy environment that's going to see us continue to move forward. Or we can speak things into the culture of our church that's going to keep us stagnated and hold us back from what God has for us. And again, I say, every single one of us, we're culture carriers. Every single one of us play a part in this. 
And you know, the Word of God is filled. I actually sat this afternoon and just started to take scripture after scripture after scripture that speaks about the power of the tongue or the power of our words. Proverbs 18, verse 20. It says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. Mm, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Life, death, and the power of the tongue. Proverbs 20 and verse 15, listen to it. It says, wise speech is rarer and more valuable than gold and rubies. Here, process that for a second. Wise words are more valuable than much gold and many rubies. <laughs> you know, that's basically saying that, that if we're taking the words that we just speak in this gathering, in this room, tonight, not all of us are speaking wisdom, right? I mean, if it's rarer than much gold and many rubies, then... Just the statistics would say that, that we're not all representing this well. We're not all representing this the way that we should. Right. You know, the scriptures continue. Like I said, so many, so much of the Proverbs speaks about words and tongues. Proverbs 11 verse 12, it is foolish to belittle a neighbor. A person with good sense remains silent. A person with good sense remain silent. So it's basically saying that sometimes it's better to say nothing than to just keep on speaking. But I could read more scriptures and say the same. Proverbs 17, verse 27 to 28. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint and whoever has understanding is even tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discern if they hold their tongues. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Those who Guard their mouths and their tongues. Keep themselves from calamity. Those that guard their mouths and their tongues. Keep themselves from calamity. The Bible over and over and over again it is telling us. It's, it's trying to remind us to pay attention to the words that we speak. Pay attention to the things that we are saying. Pay attention to the conversations that we engage in. Are we paying attention? Sometimes it's better to remain silent. <laughs> Even fools can seem wise if they hold their tongue. I think that this is such an important leadership principle. Yeah. It's something that I want the heart and the soul of Hillsong, California to pay attention to. That when it comes to the words that we speak, when it comes to the things that we say, when it comes to the conversations that we engage in, we're paying attention to it. We're aware of what we're saying. We're aware of what others are saying. We're aware of what we're passing on. I'll be the first to say that I am not perfect in leading this church. I'll be the first to say on the behalf of our staff and team that we are far from perfect. I'll be the first to say that in four years there's a lot to praise God for, but we've also made a lot of mistakes. Things that we would have done differently. And I know that there are conversations that go around at times that like to slander, that like to gossip, that like to create negative conversations. I know that these things happen. But I want us to be the kind of church that's not getting caught up by what the enemy wants to do to keep us back. I want us to be the kind of team who are not going to let the enemy have his way. He does not like that 
we are reaching so many people in this city. He does not like that we have vision to keep on going. He does not like that we want to take this message of life and hope to a city who is broken, lost, hurting, and dying. He doesn't like it, and so he's going to do what he can to sow seeds in our minds. One of the first heart and souls I ever preached, I spoke a message called The Little Foxes. Took the scriptures out of Song of Solomon, where it talks about being aware, pay attention to the little foxes, the ones that can sneak their way in and spoil the vine. The whole point of the message was to say that so often in life and in leadership and in marriage and in work and in all of these kind of stuff, we put these big walls up and these big fences. We know that there's going to be challenge. We know that there's going to be opposition. We know that there's going to be attack. And so we prepare these big walls and these big fences, but it's so often the little foxes that sneak their way in. The, the little discouragement, the, the little bit of offense, the, the little bit of gossip, the little certain thing, they're the things that spoil the vine. They're the things that spoil it. But when it comes to what God has for us here in California, when it comes to what God wants us to do and what He wants us to accomplish, we've got to understand that there's little foxes like conversations and certain things that can sneak their way in, that can bring all sorts of frustration, all sorts of events, all sorts of disappointment. But there are also things that we could just pay attention to. That we could step out in Jesus' name and be positive and be vision-filled and be focused on what God has And then maybe, just maybe, some of these great testimonies that we celebrate will be just a slight, slight, slight little tiny thing on the expanse of what God is able to do in our lives. I mean, I pray for that. I'm full of vision for that. And so I want us to be aware that when it comes to our words, when it comes to our conversations, but when it comes to all of that, I want you to understand that you are contributing to the culture of Hillsong Church California. And I pray that we always remember and remind ourselves that this is something so much bigger than us. People ask me all the time, what denomination are you? Well, what kind of church are you? I never know how to answer because I don't want to get pigeonholed. I don't want to get boxed. I simply want to say all we care about is the fact that Jesus is alive. That Jesus is Psalm 141. Come on, I want you to say it tonight. Take 
control of what I say or not. And I guard my lips. The translation that I've got here. Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I, I, I want to pray that. I, I want to pray that kind of thing. You know, because I, I, I have opinions and I have critical thoughts at times and I, I have negativity at times and I have, I have certain things and so, so often I can be so quick to speak. But is it edifying? Is it building? Is it creating the kind of culture that, that, that I want to create? No, I want to put a guard over my mouth. I, I want to watch what I say. I want to pay attention to the words. And I pray that we're all like I pray that we all understand that as leaders in this church that we can take control of our mouths, take control of our tongue, we can take control of our words. So we're to talk about the fact that our voice is a creator and we can speak things into being. There's three things that I want to say tonight. Number one, let's commit to creating a culture of honor. Awesome. Let's create a culture Your words and your conversations have the ability to create an environment of honor. On the flip side, your words and your conversations can create an environment of dishonor. It's what we carry, it's what we commit to, it's what we commit to, to holding back or, or speaking into. Could our words create a culture of honor here in, in this city? In, in our church, has been gone 35 years in Australia. I, I mean, it's grown from a small suburban school hall, 45 people. So I think they started with 70, I should say they, I was one, I was there, yeah. Um, started like 70, the next week 60, the next week 50, the next week 40, that 50, you had five weeks left before there was no one left. <laughs> But like 40 people is kind of the mark that it stopped and then it slowly grew from there. But come on, like look at Hillsong Church now. Wow. Like, it's pretty incredible. But one of the things that I've always grown up in, and I want, I want you to hear this. One of the things that I've always grown up in in the culture of our church in Australia is honor. Always such a strong sense of honor. I sometimes wonder whether we have that kind of culture here in our church in California. I wonder sometimes whether we have that kind of environment. I know there's many of you that, that I mean, exemplify this in such a great way. So I'm not here trying to point the finger at anyone. That's, that's not what this is about. But I just think generations, I think society, I think our world. We as a church are passionate justice. We're passionate against injustice. I think it's a great thing that we live in a world and society that, that is rising up and using their voice to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. I, I love so many of these great movements that are happening, that, that, that is just eradicating evil and hatred and, and all of that, at least attention to social media, we live in a world with, with just technology and all of that where it's very easy to be negative and critical against this. That there's a culture in Australia that is called the tall poppy syndrome. 
it basically is, it talks about a, a field of, of poppies and the, the moment one poppy stands up higher than the rest, you should cut it down to be equal with the rest. It, it's a, I, I don't like it. it. It's something that happens. So in Australia, when someone begins to rise up to a place of authority or rise up to a place of influence, uh, we've seen it with some of our dear friends who won things like Australian Idol and all of a sudden had this fame and success and, and, and all of that. And the people would just start doing the meanest, most hateful things. And it doesn't make sense. We see it in politics. We see it in, in business. We see it in all sorts. It's just that Australian You know what? I, I think our society across the world, across America, across California, Los Angeles, I, I think we have a little bit of, of some of that rising up. It, it's like this negativity, this criticism that can come. And, and what we've got to be careful of, please, I'm trying to be as crystal clear as possible. Let's continue to fight for justice. Let's continue to stand up for people. Let's continue to stand up for certain things. We as a church have a responsibility to do so. Let's be really, really careful that our culture doesn't creep into our church that dishonors leadership, that dishonors certain people. Right. We've got to pay attention to it. We've got to be really careful of it. I, 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 I try, I'm not just talking about me. That's not what this is about. I will sit with anyone and, and please tear me to shreds, tell me everything I've done wrong. I will listen, I will try to do my best to learn, change, whatever. I, this is not about me. It's about the culture of our church. Right. It, it, it can project itself in so many different ways. But I pray that we commit to creating a culture of honor in our church. Awesome. Titus 3, verse 1 to 2. This is Paul writing to Titus, who was uh, like Timothy, who was part of the church on the island of uh, Crete. Titus 3, verse 22 says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to serve no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. Yeah, can you show me that in the New Living again, the first verse? Sorry. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its offices. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, Paul's actually talking about all forms of leadership. Different translations use different words. He's talking about all sorts of authority, of leadership, inclusive of the fact that at that particular time they were living under the Roman rule. It was awful what was going on, yet Paul is still saying, hey, remind the believers, remind the followers of Jesus Christ. Three of the 30 chief warriors came down to David and David and Pardala. And 
like a wildfire. It just begins to sweep through. It begins to just disrupt and, and destroy. And it's hard to stop. And it's hard to kill. And it's hard to put out. That's what gossip is. You know, did you hear? Oh, did you hear? And it's just speaking stuff. And it spreads. And it, and it goes out. Darren Kiddo often says this. You know, you say something and you always say, hey, don't tell anyone. Darren, anytime you say that, goes, hey, just remember, every single person has one person that they're going to tell. <laughs> Just know, it doesn't matter what you say, doesn't matter who's there, doesn't matter how much you think that you trust them or you know them and you say, hey, don't tell anyone, but they're all going to tell at least one person. Darren makes a joke of it because he goes, often I'm telling Pastor Brian and then Brian gets up on stage and the one person he tells is everyone. <laughs> but, but the truth is, you know, when I, when I would watch the firefighters and the way that they would protect the houses, I think in the fire, I know in other areas it was devastating and houses, but the, the particular fire I'm talking about up here in Burbank, in the, in the hills, I think only one house got lost in that incredible fire. And I was saying at the time that it was the largest uh, fire, like the largest space in, in, in Los Angeles um, history. And, and so um, from that perspective, I just remember thinking, man, how did they do this? I was watching as the helicopters and the planes would come along and they would dump that water with the foam. And that, like the, what they're trying to do is, is direct the way that the fire is going. So let's take that same mindset. Let's take that same mentality. As gossip begins to sweep through our church, as gossip begins to sweep through our teams, as gossip begins to sweep through our connect groups, understand that you could be the one that comes and brings a line that stops that thing, that cuts that thing. Oh my God. Oh. 